Unlock the past and safeguard your memories with ScanMyPhotos.com. Here's our special promo code, GODIGITAL, to get a whopping up to 50% off your photo scanning order. Don't let your cherished moments fade away. Digitize them now with precision and care. Whether it's old slides, photos, or films, bring them into the digital age and relive those precious memories. This is an affiliate promotion, meaning we may earn a commission if you take advantage of this fantastic deal. Act fast, preserve your history, and save big with Go Digital at ScanMyPhotos.com. I'm Maureen Taylor, the photo detective. I really love family photographs, all of them, from the mystery images you find in shoeboxes and albums to the pictures you snap with your digital devices. No mystery is too small. A simple question about an image can lead to new stories of your ancestors. This means you can count on me to help you identify the people in them, offer solutions for preserving and organizing them, and yes, even guide you in the various ways to gather and share picture stories with your relatives. Welcome to The Photo Detective, where we cover historical image analysis, genealogy, and how to work with your family photo collection. This month, I dedicated all my podcast episodes to family reunion-focused activities and guests. Since it's family reunion season, that means we're pretty likely to be posing for a group portrait. I know I've already done that this summer. And posing for a big group portrait is actually part of most reunions. It's a visual gathering of everyone at the event. We have dozens of pictures of my husband's family reunion and all the attendees. In episode 51, Edith Wagner of Reunions Magazine shared a story about a reunion photo where they use flatbed trucks to help with the layout. Seriously. A recent news story shared the tale of one reunion of 60 people who were going to try to reenact a family reunion photo from the 1890s. Perhaps you're part of a reunion gathering for everyone of a particular surname. Perhaps it's an event that's taken place for decades, if not a century, and there are group portraits of those. I bet, however, that there are very few of them that contain the names of the people in the image. And there's a simple reason for that. If you know the names of everyone in the picture, you're less likely to write identifications on them. Of course, the problem with that reasoning is that as time passes, so do the people who knew who was in the photo. Now the next generation has a photo mystery to solve. But how? How do they do that? Well, that's where I come in. As the photo detective, I've developed methods to solving photo mysteries of all sizes, from a picture of a single person to one that contains dozens. I love working with you to solve your photo puzzles. Did you know that every photo collection is unique? They are. And I should know because I look at thousands of your pictures every year. So I'm going to share five tips so you can get started putting names with the faces in those unidentified group portraits. Step one, if you have a collection like I do of decades of family reunion photos, then you want to start with the most recent picture. 
It's a lot like the standard genealogy advice to begin with the present and work backwards. While looking at the photos, you'll be time traveling in reverse. You'll be watching people get younger instead of older. And then try to match up the faces in these images. Watch them, each face, who you think it is and who it might be in the earlier photo and who it might be in the earlier photo than that. We have a reunion every two years, so there is a little bit of a gap between the images. Now, I want you to bring all of these big group portraits with you on your phone or your tablet and have an oversized copy made of the image for note-taking. What you're looking for are two things that anchor the pictures in a time frame. And those two questions can help you verify a time frame and in some cases specify the specific year. And here are the two questions. Who's the oldest person in the photo? And who's the youngest? Now, to answer both of these questions, you need to know a lot about your family history. Who's born when? Who dies when? It's this type of life date information that helps you pinpoint that time frame. That's step two. Step three is thinking about and looking at your photograph critically. Where is everyone standing? I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to stand near my husband and children in the group portraits. We all cluster together very closely. So you can study your group portrait and look for those clusters. And there are a lot of different combinations in group portraits, and I've seen many of them. For instance, sometimes I've seen group portraits where all the older siblings are posed in the center. They're all seated together in a row. Just the siblings, not necessarily their husbands next to them or their wives next to them. Another common posing technique is to put all of the children in the front row. After that, the people with strong relationships tend to stand near each other. At this point, think about all the family stories you've heard about who's who in the family, who had close ties, who didn't have close ties. The ones with those really close connections are likely to stand near each other. Step four. You're probably not going to like this one. It's a time-consuming activity. But no doubt about it, you are going to need to know how old everyone in your family was at a particular point in time. And I mean everyone. Cousins, spouses, and children. Have you charted your family history? Have you used a spreadsheet to do it? If you have known photos of those people, you can add one or two to the spreadsheet and definitely ID them in your photo organizing program. That way there, you already have a reference tool, something you can refer to to say, I know how old Uncle Ed was in 1910 and how old his son was in 1960. You need that information at your fingertips. I'm working on a descendancy chart for my husband's next reunion. I collected information by meeting with the record keeper of every family. There's usually someone in each family group 
that keeps track of all the new babies, the divorces, and the deaths. And that's the person I met with at the last family reunion. And I met with that person for each family group. Now I'm transferring that information to Family Tree software so I can share it with FamilyChartMasters.com. Janet Havorka and I chatted about family trees in episode 28 of The Photo Detective. I know that as soon as I have a draft, there'll be new twigs on the family tree, though. So I know it won't stay the same for very long. Step 5. You want to tag all these people. And by tagging them, I mean adding them to a photo organizing program like MemoryWeb.com, for instance, where you can connect your family history and family photos. You can tag everyone in a group portrait so that you don't have to remember it later. And yes, I know that I asked you to bring an oversized picture with you, but that's mostly for discussion and for posting somewhere publicly at the reunion so that everyone can take a look. Oh, and don't forget your recording device. Your phone usually has one embedded if it's a smartphone, so that when the discussion starts about who's who and why they think so, you'll be ready. You can save 30% on a Memory Web subscription by using the link in the show notes, which is www.memoryweb.com forward slash pd. That's for being a, a listener. Now, step back and think about what you've learned. I guarantee that you'll have heard some new family anecdotes, and maybe you'll have identified more people in the photo than you knew before. If not, you have to start from the beginning and empty your brain of everything that you thought you knew about that photograph and then start over. Not what you wanted to hear, but sometimes, sometimes, these photographs can be particularly challenging. You want to know more about reading the clues in family photographs? You can take my Identifying Family Photographs course. I cover the techniques for turning an unidentified photo into one with a name and a place in your family history. While my booking page limits you to three photos, if you have more, don't be afraid to ask for a volume discount. Do you have a family photograph with a caption on the back? And I don't mean a caption. I actually mean a message, a cryptic message. So in my recent blog post, I wrote a story about the messages our ancestors left on their photographs. Sometimes, and I think I've seen it all, there are arguments about who's who in different handwriting. This is dad. This is not dad. This is not your father. This is Uncle Smith. This is not Uncle Smith. And the arguments can go the entire length of the picture. Sometimes there are really beautiful notes about loved ones and their personality traits. Captions can include who labeled the picture, and that's one of my favorites. So Mabel Smith will say that labeled by Mabel Smith, 1874. That's great, because now you not only know who labeled it, but you have a connection with Mabel. Occasionally, our ancestors used the back of their photographs for things that we would not think of using them for today, such as mathematical problems. I've seen many photographs 
with scratching on the back with addition and subtraction. I've even found photos with whole family trees outlined on the back explaining how the person in the image fits in with the whole family. Now that is a treasure. And then there's this message. This is on a photograph I bought not too long ago and it's a family reunion photo and everyone is posed in front of the family house. And written across the top of the picture, it says, and this is in ink, this old photo is only sent for protection of our photo. Along the bottom is an arrow pointing to a little girl in the front row. This is mother, second row. Actually, the arrow points up through the child. And the family gathering was dated circa 1900. But it's a curious caption, and it calls to mind a list of questions. First off, protection of the photo? Who's trying to protect it? Why are they trying to protect it? And who did the original owner send it to? Whoever once owned it, this picture didn't end up being passed down in the family for very long because it ended up in an antique shop where I bought it. There are no names on it, no full identities at all, with the exception of the note and the arrow pointing out which person was their mother. The only question we can answer is the last one, because along the bottom edge is another note in ink that blurred due to water damage, and it says, No doubt, Aunt Flo, you will recognize several of the others. If only we had a few more bits of information, such as where was the photograph taken, or what was Aunt Flo's last name, or what was the mother's name who was seated in the second row. Any little bit of information could take this photograph from being 99% unidentified to being a family treasure that I could return to a family who probably misses it. So I'm going to ask, have you ever found more written on a photo than a date or a partial name? I thought I'd seen it all, but then when I found this image with a plea for protection, I thought there have to be more out there. I'd love to hear from you about what you found written on your family photographs by your ancestors. Ever wonder what happens during a personalized photo consultation? I ask a lot of questions, and then I dig around and find some answers. One woman, Beth, had a photograph that she thought was dated to 1858, but in fact was dated until about 1912. I'll let Beth tell her story. Hey, I'm Beth, and I want to tell you about my experience with Maureen Taylor. About a month ago, my dad was cleaning up and he found a box of my grandmother's. And in the box, we found this actual photo. This is just um, a photocopy, not the actual photo. And I knew when we looked at it, um, the gentleman on the left looked exactly like one of my family members. And I thought that we had found a picture of my my dad's great-grandfather. 
nobody in the family has a picture of him so we thought that maybe hopefully this was actually the actual photo um, he attended the medical school of pennsylvania in 1858 and looking at this photo you would think that they look like it's from 19 excuse me from 1858 and that could be the medical school in the background and as you see there's lots of snow on the ground so you would you know just think it was you know pennsylvania so i contacted the medical school of pennsylvania and asked them would they look at the background hoping that they would recognize the buildings from you know 1858 from the medical school Unfortunately, they, um, they couldn't recognize anything in the picture, so they told me to contact the city of Pennsylvania. So I contacted um, the city, and they said that they weren't able to help either, but they suggested that I call Maureen Taylor, and they said her name was the photo detective. And they were telling me all about Maureen and how she could probably help me identify the photo. So I went online and I looked up Maureen, and I found you know, the, her, her website, and I sent her an email. And within, gosh, just a few minutes, she emailed me back and said that just please send the photo that she would be able to help me. So I sent this photo over to Maureen and within, it was less than a week, within a week, she actually called me and she told me by looking at this photo, she knows it's not 1950, excuse me, 1858 and that it was from the early teens of the 20th century. So it was like from the 19, you know, 19 teens. So after she said that, I, I realized that this actually could be my dad's father because he graduated from NC State in 1912. So her suggestion was to contact NC State and you know see if, if the archives had anything and they could recognize this. The only thing that she was concerned about is the snowfall being this much snow in North Carolina, you know, in 1858. So she actually looked to see how much snowfall there would be in 1912 in, um, in North Carolina. And she found that um, in North Carolina, around that time period, 1912, that we did have like 10 inch, 10 inch snowfalls. And um, so after I contacted um, NC State, they got back with me and they told me that this was this was NC State, that the, all the buildings and the guy could name every building in the background. So that's how we found out that this was my actually my actual grandfather. So if it wouldn't have been for Maureen actually taking the time to look at this picture and she she could studied it and knew exactly everything about it and knew that it was not from like, excuse me from 1858. Um, if it had not been for her, I would have never known who this was. And so she clearly lives up to her name, which is the photo detective. In September, I'm focusing the photo detective podcast uh, with episodes that focus on photo detecting and things you need to know to get to the next step in your photo detecting problems. Thank you for joining me. I'm Maureen Taylor. See you next time. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media, leave me a rating and a review. And if you know of a friend or family member who's also interested in family photographs, share this episode with them too. See you next time. I'm thrilled to be offering something new. Photo Investigations. These collaborative one-on-one -on -one sessions look at your family photos. You and I meet to discuss your mystery images and find out how each clue and hint might contribute to your family history 
And trust me, these images can reveal so much in your research. I have decades of experience in the photo, genealogy, and history industries. This is your chance to learn from me and discover the stories in your family images. You can find out more by going to MaureenTaylor.com and clicking on Family Photo Investigations.